0: welcome to this week in location-based marketing the most trusted podcast dedicated to the new business of location it is time for this week in location-based marketing this is episode number 166 We're doing this live late at night, Grammy night that is, January 26, 2014. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, home of your Ottawa Senators. And with me as always,
1: Asif Khan from the Location-Based Marketing Association uh, in Toronto, and it is cold. Uh, Um, It is cold. But yes, no Ottawa Senators here.
0: No, (laughs) I can imagine (laughs) Now they're back to their winning ways, which is terrible. You know what today is? Uh, I got to tell you. We got to celebrate this cuz it's it is actually about heat and warmth and love, man. Can I tell you what happened today?
1: Yeah, go for it, Rob. Whatever. Today
0: is day 1 of the new Bruce Springsteen and the E Street ah. Band tour. They are in South Africa right now. They have finished their set, their first show on what is bound to be the longest tour ever. Can't wait to see him in Ottawa and then again in Toronto and then again in Montreal, maybe New Jersey a couple of times and then somewhere in between again. But today is day one of – it's a brand new year, man. Bruce Springsteen touring again. God love it. Heat. Wow.
1: Wow. Yes. We're gonna be hearing about it all year too. Every episode, we're gonna be we hearing about it. Yeah,
0: you know they they finally got into the uh, whole social media savvy digital stuff because they're finally doing what Pearl Jam has been doing for a long time: is they're recording all of the shows, every single one of their shows, and then as you are leaving the show, you can actually buy that show, the live show, and you can download the show if you weren't at the show itself, which I think is very smart. It's about time. I've been so critical about the, what he's he's done on the social and and, digital uh, stuff. and
1: unlike Neil Young, who like gets up on stage and he's like. But you put your phone away. Yeah. No tweeting, no photos, no anything. Yeah, yeah. He's an um, old
0: curmudgeon that man. Yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway, Bruce
0: Springsteen day one of a brand new This is like this is like a rebirth right now. It's Bruce Springsteen on tour, greatest greatest thing ever. So, sorry, I didn't mean to derail it, but uh, you know, every show for 166 episodes we mentioned his name. Now it's going to continue. Don't worry.
1: There you okay. go. All right. You might hear it twice per show now. We might. Opening right. and closing Dream Baby right Dream. Anyhow.
0: All right, so hey, listen, uh, you were away this week, how was uh, How was New York, and it was Florida. Florida. I was in Florida, Florida actually, yeah.
1: um, which was awesome. I was in Jacksonville for a mm-hmm. uh, mobile media um, conference, and it was good. It was one of these uh, exchange events, so there's like vendors there mm-hmm. and brands there, and they were having meetings with each other, and there were some speakers, of which I was one. But uh, you know, I had I had some really good uh, meetings that came out of that. I met with this guy from Chrysler, Jason. He was awesome. Uh, I met with this guy from Nestle's, like kind of business pharmaceutical healthcare division. Um, and we we're just looking at some interesting B2B stuff around location and just a whole range of, of, of neat people um, were there. So it was, uh, was kind of cool. It was cold. It was cold, though. And it, but, but, you know, it was, at the, it was at the Sawgrass, the Marriott Sawgrass uh, Resort. That's where they play the, uh, the TPC, the Players' Championship, yep, yep. Uh, which is coming up in a few weeks. So they were getting the grounds ready for that while we were there. Covered in frost, no doubt. No, No, I wouldn't say that, but it was cold. Cold. It was cold. Cold my ass. Like, Nobody mine is 27 just say It's too cold too cold for Floridians to play golf. Wow.
0: Well, yeah, it's exactly and they are the, just the dumb Canadians that are out there like this is so hot. I'm exactly. sun tanning right? exactly. by the pool. <laughs> oh man. Anyhow. So what's coming up uh, for you guys? You got a couple of uh, great events this week uh, that you are yeah, putting thank you. on?
1: Yeah, uh, so the Atlanta chapter's meeting on Wednesday night, um, and that is uh, looking at uh, loyalty and digital and location around hospitality and tourism, so we got JetBlue and IHG um, speaking at that, and then the following night in Toronto, that's uh, Thursday the 30th, we've got a session on, uh, called measuring location uh you know the effectiveness of of location measurement basically so we're uh, we're going to be talking about you know all that sort of place IQ type stuff and we've got Molson Core speaking there and kind of giving their brand perspective on it and um, uh Critical Mass is hosting that big agency group up here and so I think it'll be uh, it'll be a neat discussion so looking forward to to that and then of course you and I are together uh in March at South by Southwest for a big big event for us which is uh it's called retail loco uh, it's on uh, sunday march the 9th and we've got a ton of people coming to this thing i mean I was uh, just just speakers alone we've got um, you know great tech companies uh, great LBMA members like shelf bucks and place iq and i inside and urban airship and all these guys coming down for this but we've got brands like auto trader speaking at this thing office max jet blues coming to do that too tgi fridays uh, uh Air Miles, loyalty one, you know, Alliance Data folks. I mean, it's just crazy, crazy yeah, yeah. stuff. And I know, like, uh, just uh, looking at the attendees already, we have got Coles and J.C. Penney and, you know, all these guys coming down. Retail Me Not. You know, it's it's yeah, it's neat. It'll all these fun. guys want to do is
0: spend some time in Austin. That's what it is. Right? Exactly, exactly. Hey, look, there's an event here, and 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 we'll we'll have to spend the week at South by Southwest. Yeah. Well, it's uh, March 9th, and they can go to re- We can go to send people to Retail Low dot co. Right yes retaillo.co. Retail Lo. yeah so it's retaill c o. yeah retail Loco. or you can just go to uh, thelbma.com or untethered.tv and i have a big banner there that you can actually click on and it'll take you there it's just that's the easiest way to do it yep um well the week before that i will be in uh toronto the great city of toronto to be a part of dx3 i get to open up the mobile track I guess it's a keynote of sorts, I'm not really sure, um, but I get to spend 50 minutes talking about uh, why mobile is important and uh, why you should be crafting your mobile experience and not just thinking about it as an app and a website, um, and uh, I believe that is on March 5th in the morning, 10 a.m. in the morning on March 5th, so if you can make it out there, that's dx3canada.com, It'd be cool to see you, if you can't, if you're just going to be wandering around the floor, you haven't bought a ticket to the actual content, um, let me know, make sure you let me know and I will. Uh, I'll track you down, I'll be sitting there somewhere awesome weeping probably weeping (laughs) weeping weeping all right. Well, uh, this is uh, we don't have a guest. We don't have a guest this week uh, because we got such great stories. We got seven great stories, and one of them I'm so proud of is is, a, is an Ottawa company. Um, you know, I, I, every time I get to promote an Ottawa company, it, it makes me feel great. Uh, it's a company called Source Metrics. Uh, CEO and the founder is a good guy, great guy. His name is Scott Lake. We're gonna be talking about that as the third story. So we got seven stories yep. that we're gonna fill this up. We got our uh, app of the week, which is a co- which is an app, uh, which is a website called Sports Chaser that Asif will go through. Uh, of course, we got our resource of the week and before we get into any of that we got chuck martin author of two of the greatest books i've read on mobile Uh, and certainly he does a a daily daily post at media post um but here he's talking about a company called euclid and uh you know it's fascinating to to hear these statistics because euclid has has millions of sensors around stores and they gauge how many people browse and then walk in the store and then how long they spend in the store. And, uh, you know, if you overlay some mobile information about that, which is what we talk about here, yep. you quickly realize that people are browsing and going in more, but they're staying in the store less. So here is our Mobile Minute with Chuck Martin talking about just and, that. And,
1: and, and I'll be paying straight attention to that, Rob, because I actually have a call tomorrow with Will Smith, uh, From Euclid, one of the the founder of Euclid. So awesome. Yes. Well, tell them about this. uh, Chuck's educating me before that call. Here we go. (laughs) Here it is.
0: (laughs) Welcome back to another Mobile Minute. Well, it seems like more people are adopting the Rob Woodbridge way of shopping. That is to leave the store as fast as I get in. Is this true?
2: Well, you're not alone, Rob. Uh, Foot traffic going by stores in November actually increased 20% from the same time last month, according to some research from a company called Euclid. And last month, traffic actually decreased 4% from a year ago. So uh, the difference is the number of shoppers who enter a store as a percentage of that foot traffic increased 2% from the same time a year ago. So people are, they're going by a store and they're actually going in. And they've got this, this outfit, Euclid has, they've got uh, millions of, of sensors, 25 million shopping sessions they measured, and so they've got uh, sensors basically in 700 shopping centers and malls throughout the U.S., so it's, it's, it's really good data, and we're starting to actually see how people are going by stores, how they're going in, and what they're actually doing. Chuck, does time in-store,
0: uh, it, is it better than dollars in-pocket for the actual retailers?
2: Well, the, the, the shopping duration, which is what they call it, it's the time for the entry of store until they exit, it was 22 minutes in November, which is a minute shorter than a year ago. So people are, they're doing a lot more research by their mobile device, whether phone or tablet, and that gives them much more information before they go in to make the buy.
0: That is our Mobile Minute with Chuck Martin. I do that every single day on Untether.tv. Without fail, five days a week, you can watch Chuck talk about what is going on in the retail location mobile space uh, on Untether.tv, or you can just watch one here on This Week in Location-Based Marketing. We appreciate the fact that he lets us use them there, and I truly appreciate the fact that he does that with me every single day. Chuck Martin, ladies and gentlemen.
1: There you go. All right, on with our app, pal. Yes, yeah, so uh, the app this week, uh, website web basically, and app um, called Sports Chaser, and uh, I had the privilege uh, this week of uh, chatting on the phone with uh, the one of the co-founders, um, um, and her name is uh, Amelie i to hold on. I gotta get. I gotta get this pronunciation right. A- Amelie Wisniak, Okay, let me make sure I'm saying that right. Amelie Wisniak, I think is how you say it. Anyhow, um, Sports Chaser is basically a service that, um, you know, whatever sport you're interested in, whether it's basketball or hockey or football uh, in the U.S., you know, they, they're mapping all the sports bars everywhere in the U.S. and basically telling you where like-minded fans hang out. And, and, and you know, so you, so you can go there and you can know that, you know, if you're a Brazilian fan of the Brazilian football and soccer team, Careful you know, the way you word that where, though. This is where other other Brazilians, uh Brazilian fans hang out. Um, and it, this is not a new concept. I, you know, and I talked to Emily about this. I said, you know, like obviously Nike Nike did this uh this thing, exact same thing around the last World Cup uh in New York, just focused on New York sports bars. And when you went and checked in on Foursquare or Facebook, you'll remember you could say, Hey, I'm a fan of, you know, the German team and you know, if you, when you went to their website, you would see the sort of uh, affiliations, you know, by a flag being placed on top of the sports bar changing, you know, based on the density of, you know, number of fans in that particular bar that said that they were supporting that particular team. What I like about this is this is not, you know, sort of a one-off thing just around the World Cup. Uh, it's national. It's national. It's all sports, and it's all the time. So you know, there's you know, you know. I think this is just taking that sort of concept that we that I was alluding to before, and kind of really blowing it out, and giving you know something that's persistent and and you know sort of applicable to to all sports and, and everybody's interest in in that sense. No, I
0: wonder uh, if I went to Toronto, would I find a, a a pocket of Ottawa Senators fans?
1: I think you would. Really? really? I think you would. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because I know that I if think you that's came- the key to this, right? You know, and I think it's, you know, it, it's, it's global in, in that sense, right? You know, um, you know, take a team like Manchester United, right? I mean, there are, I can tell you, I know a lot of people here in Toronto um, that, like friends of mine that are big Manchester United fans and they, you know, they gather and they watch together on a, you know, Saturday morning or whatever it is, um, you know, at a, at a local establishment and. You know, I, I think it's that kind of thing that that we're going after here. Is is how, you know, I think this is, you know, as much as it is for the fan, there are huge opportunities here for the for the brands, you know, for the teams, yeah. uh, the ownership um, to know where their fan base is, you know, outside of sort of that, you know, the core market where they where they live and, and operate. Um, you know, to, from a merchandising perspective, that could be interesting, right? I mean, if I know there's like, you know a huge density of people in Toronto that are Man U fans, and I know that they hang out around here. Well, maybe, you know, if there's enough of them, you know, I open a little store or something, right, and sell them <laughs> lots of merchandise or a pop-up store or whatever it is, right? So there could be big opportunities, I think, around this kind of stuff, and I think teams will, will start to embrace this uh, type of platform.
0: Well, if you ever want to know where all the Toronto Maple Leaf fans are, just come to an Ottawa Senators game when they are home to the Maple Leafs. Exactly. Yeah. Twenty-one thousand people in the stadium, and nineteen thousand of them are Toronto Maple Leafs fans. It's crazy. It's the, it's the only team in Canada, in the NHL, probably in the NHL across North America, where every stadium is their home stadium. That in the Canadians, probably these. It's just it's crazy. Yeah, Maybe I think too- that's. I think that's fair. Yeah, it's fair. It's not fair. Yeah, it's not fair. And that. in
1: baseball, you see it a lot with the Toronto Blue Jays. You see that a lot too with, with um, in Seattle. Yeah. Seattle in particular. Uh, you go to you go to like when the Jays are playing in Seattle, you t- you see tons of Toronto fans there. Coming
0: down from Vancouver, I guess, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, it's it's a it's
0: it's a really interesting concept here around around uh, sports and uh, I I mean, I, I like this kind of stuff and the potential as you said was is pretty fascinating. So if you're interested in these guys, it's sportschaser.com, sportschaser.com and you can check them out and you can go and hang out with your brethren. So you don't make that mistake, the awkward mistake of wearing the wrong jersey into a bar, right? Exactly. But I think you were alluding to earlier that the Manchester United guys, they get up early in the morning and drink. That's what you were saying, right? All Manchester Something Man like that, fans. Yeah. yeah.
1: Come on, Rob. Drinking and condoms were, you know, a few episodes back. I know
0: exactly. Well we just i like <laughs> to keep it going. It's like Bruce Springsteen. Now we're just gonna keep adding things to the uh, okay. that we talk about. All right. All right, well that is our app of the week, sportschaser.com. Thank you, Asif, and of course our Mobile Minute with Chuck. Now let's jump into these stories. We've got seven stories, we're gonna roll through these. Some of them are great, some of them are not so great. We're gonna start here with one that I see like, what were they thinking of? So there's a company that is actually building computer chips for food packaging so that when the food is about to go bad, it will send you a text message to your phone saying, hey, listen, eat me or throw me away, right? um so this this is a you know in first blush you think wow that's pretty unique it's an interesting way to to kind of take uh food and con- context like time and location temperature all that kind of stuff and throw it up into a nice little package and send you a text message and then i thought about it a little bit more i'm thinking why why god in any, why would i want my food to talk to me um you know i was reading a lot of comments about this and and you, you know, my feeling very clearly is that, listen, there's a whole bunch of stuff around the food chain that I'd rather that they protect first. Like, where did this meat come from? And yeah. is it safe? Has it been tested? Has it got hormones in it? Has it got, is it jacked up with anything? Or is it free range? Is it natural? Whatever it might be, has it been touched by 77 humans, right? Um, and I want to know the path. And, and I, I did a contract years ago around the mad cow uh, fiasco uh, where they closed the border between Canada and the United States for uh, food imports from Canada, the United States, steak imports, because Canada, some some farms in the prairies had mad cow, and uh, you know there was such a huge push around uh, you know tracking food origin at that moment, and and this to me is is frivolous compared to tracking where the food originates from so i, I felt that like, you know this might be a neat idea but there's so many other challenges that we have in the food chain that we should be doing much sooner than this And the last thing i want is my is my you know my food to be text messaging saying hey hey dude it's time to eat me it's time to eat me." and one of the best lines i ever heard in some of the comments that i was reading was uh, like uh you know um, Copper and carcinogens, just what I want in my food packaging, right? Because, you know, they're, they're chips. And, uh, you know, the sniff test always works well for me, those kind of things. Um, yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I I'm thought about it, and I thought, wow, well, this is cool. And then on the other hand, I thought, overwhelmingly, this is completely useless,
1: utterly I, useless. You, so so I completely agree with you. I think there are much higher priorities around, <laughs> you know, the food chain that, that – uh, you know, people should be investing uh, time in and, and technology in, uh, you know, to improve. I, I the, You know, the one thing I will say in support of this is, is, you know, sort of the guys who built this thing, you know, came at it, you know, with best intentions uh, yes. and trying to solve a problem. And the problem is, is this is a group of U.K. scientists. And in the U.K., they said that uh, every year, 7 million tons of food waste get thrown out, basically. So they, you know, their goal was how do we reduce this 7 million tons of food waste? Um, And we're trying to address it from that perspective. Now, again, I'm with you. I'm like, (laughs) there's a lot of other problems out there uh, around the food cycle and and chain that need to get looked at. Um, But at least they were doing it, uh, you know, with with noble uh, intentions. So how how many tons? Seven million tons. So
0: think about that, like you know, extrapolate that into the U.S. and North America, and then and then kind of layer on that the obesity challenge that we have in North America. And it's like, no, we don't want people to eat that seven million tons of food anymore, right? It's a, and right. I, I agree with you. And and the, you know, if this was to work. This would have to be a consolidated view screen. This couldn't be. I couldn't get text messages from all the food that I have in my fridge. It right. would have to come not to a text message. It would have to come to a screen that said, "This is the status of all your food." Right? This is yeah. Like food well, analytics. I mean, it's,
1: it'll just go to your smart refrigerator, right? With yeah, the you know the screen I, on the front, with, I you want know, it. all that stuff. But anyways,
0: yes. Well, like it's it's fascinating, but completely frivolous. If this is a research project, I'm all for it. But uh, it's it just it's just a frivolous frivolous thing. Go and fix the food chain challenges. And you know what? <laughs> Hey, um, if it did something like notified you that you couldn't eat it in time, like that's one of the things like it picks you pick up a like a hunk of meat and you say like, hey, you can't eat this in time. Maybe that's the best way. It's preventative. Don't buy it. You know, make sure you don't buy it, I think is the key. Um, but that's a whole other story. So yeah. computer chips in your food packaging. Yeah.
1: Or or maybe the the chips instead of sending a message to you, they send a message directly to, uh, you know, uh, United Way or somebody, exactly. <laughs> saying you know send a truck over to this house and pick pick this stuff up.
0: But you joke, right? One of the biggest challenges in 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 all of food yeah. is the fact that people don't have enough of it. We we're throwing yeah. out seven million tons of food. Yeah, and probably exactly. extrapolated, and people are not eating it. So that's what I mean is that like preventative. I, I believe in preventative stuff rather than than band aid fixes at the end. So don't buy the food. That's that, yeah. that's the key. Anyway, way too long on the story. It was, it was excellent. A fun All right. way to start.
1: Our second story uh, is uh, something that happened about a week ago now, or just over a week ago now. Is the launch of uh, a new a new service? We'll call it. Uh, it's called the Wireless Registry, and literally uh, you can go to www.wirelessregistry.com. dot um, And basically, this is being described as the world's first global registry for wireless names. So in other words, they're trying to take sort of the idea of domain name registry and apply that to um, the Internet of Things, if you will. And so the idea is, is that, and they're, and they're basically saying, look, you know, anything out there with a Wi-Fi or Bluetooth uh, in it, your, you know, your smartphone, your router, your whatever, you know, all these devices, your printer even, um, you know, all have a sort of wireless signature or what they call a proximal identity. Uh, and the idea is, is that they want you to register, um, you know, these, uh, these proximal identities with, with this global registry system so that we can track you know these objects and then or these things if you will um, and, and then uh you know those things can move with you so to speak um, it doesn't um, it, you know they are the these proximal identities basically you know are are stored and 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 match and then you can create relationships between other proximal identities and these things it's a very <laughs> complex thing to so understand complex. and i'm 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 totally um, messing it up here Right, it's so complex. I, you know. It is complex, but but it, you know the notion of this is interesting. And so so let me go, go back to what I think we're trying to achieve here, and, and I think that you know the language is a bit much for me. The proximal identities and all of that, <laughs> you know, I think are a bit are a bit much. Yes. But the the value of this, I think, is very very strong in the sense that you know we we at the LBMA, we talked four years ago right about the idea that you know, there, there's an emerging problem for place, you know, place name, you know, um, activity and registration in the sense that if you're, you know, if you own a restaurant, you know, you got to have that restaurant listed in Foursquare and Yelp and all these different places, right? And so, what they're saying is, is that instead of you having to go and manage these things, you know, if your restaurant has Wi-Fi, you know, it has a router, you know, associated with it, which has an SSID, register that as the location of the place okay with, in, in their system and so and then it's tracked against other things so you know the it, 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 it's more accurate so to speak than a latitude and longitude mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. And, and and you know from the data perspective we can match that up against other you know things with identities right so you can get more finite uh, and and you can get more uh, secure, I guess, in in the uh, in the storage of that data and what it means in terms of how it intersects with other things that have location identities.
0: Yeah, I I did. I went on and I registered my name, and uh, I'm not even sure what the hell to do with it now. I don't know how to see it. I don't know what to do with it. I I, I mean, this the language and and uh, maybe this is valuable, but but I have no idea, Steve, because the 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 explanations and the instructions are pathetic i'm sorry but if you want to launch something like this you have to walk people through with the reason about why they want to do it and this is not it this is what they say this new registry allows anyone to take control of their proximal identities and create and use new services and applications to engage with their proximal surroundings in ways never before possible I mean, what does that mean and then so I went through the registration process and and yep. you know what if these guys are listening you know do me a favor is that I went through I registered I got an email that says back it said you know you have to click to confirm to you know the double opt-in email and I did and then they sent it back and said welcome <laughs> right that was it I'm like <laughs> what am I supposed to do now what how do I find out yeah. what what like so if this is a good idea or not I went through the whole process just because I do that for this show uh, and I have no clue what I'm supposed to do next or no clue why I would even give these guys $5 in a year. So they have one year to get this right from the time that I've done this. And I am a very patient man when it comes to these yep. things. And I
1: so... So, so I, he, here's where I think it's going, Rob. And, and I, I agree. I think the language is... Wow. Uh, it's difficult to understand. But think about this. You know, you register the Wi-Fi SSID of your restaurant. Yes. Okay? Individuals register their smartphones Mm -hmm. which have a Wi-Fi SSID signal baked into them and what they're arguing here is is that you know from a restaurant owner perspective let's say I'm just picking that as one example you're able to look at people coming near you know your router right just like you just like you can detect with Foursquare and other things nearby people you know or you know in, in that sense and so we're matching these things that actually have sort of Named their identities, if you will. Um, you know, from a marketing perspective, I think that has power. Similarly, I think you know brands, av- you know, advertising people could take advantage of this potentially and 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 view them as uh, you know ways to engage groups of people or or turn you know SSIDs into billboards or these kinds of things. So I think there's a, a potential for huge amounts of engagement once. You know, you have a lot of people on these things who have identified their, you know, their SSIDs or or claimed them, if you will. Um, but yeah, I mean, they got the language has to get fixed. I mean, that that's that's the bottom line here.
0: Well, I mean, if you think about domain name registries, it was going from IP addresses to something that you could remember. Right. That's an easy value proposition. It's understandable why everybody did it, and we're not doing, uh, you know, IP addresses instead of domain names. They have to have the same language around this in order to be able to, for anybody, the average person who is yeah. just carrying this up, not somebody like me who's in the business who understands or kind of understands this. Right. Um, they have to get it so the average person gets it. And, and they are so far from that, man, that, that it doesn't matter what they want to do with it. It's how they have to get there. And they are so far from it. So it's like take a little bit of money and go and hire somebody who can actually put some language around what they're doing. Because maybe this is valuable. Right now, I don't see it. I don't okay. see it. So how do you get there the wireless wireless com
1: uh, just
0: wireless registry wireless oh. com all right yeah. sorry that was a long story well, apologies yeah. you know it happens every once in a while
1: all right, all right. O- on to uh, Ottawa
0: Ottawa man Ottawa is home of some of the greatest companies on the planet and a mediocre <laughs> hockey team Um <laughs> just mediocre these days. Uh, This is a company called Source Metrics. Scott Lake, if you are listening, man, congratulations. Uh, Long haul, as I know, Scott Lake, for those of you who don't know, uh, was one of the original co-founders of Shopify way back in the day. And he left and spun out this company, has now become Source Metrics, raised a bunch of money. Um, And now uh, what these guys are doing, basically Source Metrics at SourceMetrics.com are, are in in the simplest of terms, a commerce attribution company. They're based here in Ottawa and and see the uh, CEO is Scott and they have now been able to create a technology that allows you to match Uh, Or or understand the impact of a Facebook ad or any digital ad really and what happens and the attribution that happens as a result of That when they walk into a store to buy something so literally they see an ad on Facebook They do there's an action that resolves results from that They take that ad into a store and it literally translates into a sale a dollar whatever it might be Um, and they they do this um, uh, Across all social networks not just Facebook, but Twitter and, and the likes as well a really 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 cool company Fascinating that we're starting to see this we saw this a while ago with Pinterest Bringing the um, the digital was it Neiman Marcus that uh, partnered with uh, with Pinterest to bring mm-hmm. the, you know the top Pinterest uh, top right. pinned images into into Neiman Marcus. Now we're starting to see companies that, that that are so key. The attribution is so key that they can actually pinpoint the fact that Facebook that Facebook ad to those people drew this much revenue. And I think that it's so important that these guys are doing this. And they're not alone. But this is a tough nut to crack. Yeah. And I'm so happy that Source Metrics and Scott are doing this.
1: It's it's a huge nut to crack, and it is extremely valuable right now Oof. um you know brands uh, their agencies the media buyers are looking hungry for this kind of data right and this is the kind of stuff that we're going to be talking about at the toronto event on on thursday right now how do we measure the effectiveness of this stuff you should get scott there man yeah yeah scott if you're listening you can get to toronto for thursday uh we, we we'd welcome your participation anyhow um you know that the whole ability to look at sort of that you know, that online to offline, uh, you know, and how we track those things and how we tie them together is massive right now. And I think, you know, we, you know, uh, you place IQs in this space. Yeah. You've got retail uh, is in this space. You've got a lot of people uh, that are sort of trying to move, you know, heavily factual. You know, all these guys are trying to move, you know, into this because it's so, so important. You know, simply seeing an ad online and, and looking at click throughs and all of that doesn't mean anything. You know, unless it, it results in traffic to the store that ultimately results results in you know somebody buying something yep and and this kind of service where we can look at that you know engagement um, you know makes a ton of sense. you know it also I think the, the sort of the thing that never gets talked about in this that I think is really important is it, it brings together internally in the organizations in the medium buying community and such you know the silos start to come closer right because we're no longer just buying online over here, and you know shopper marketing and in-store you know op stuff over here. These things come together now, right? Because you know it's 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 an online media, but it's it's being tracked in the physical world, right? Um, and I think those things you know are interesting because it means the you know the budgets can come together to kind of help you know make this stuff happen, and ultimately you know you can you can do more, you can spend more right um and and so I, so i like I, lo- I love this story and know I, lo- I love the whole space of sort of online to offline tracking
0: yes and i i'm so i'm so thrilled for scott if you know scott lake he is a uh, he's a one of a kind of a guy and and uh, so happy that he's found this spot that is obviously at at the right time, at the right place, you know, contextualize. So if you're interested in learning a little bit more about that, I've been playing a video, uh, had a little introduction to the video, so sourcemetrics.com, and would you let Scott know that you heard about it on This Week in Location-Based Marketing? That would really help Uh, the next time I see him. He might actually buy me a drink. (laughs) Scott Lake, ladies and gentlemen.
1: All right. Fourth story,
0: no guest, as I said. This is the no guest episode. We're going to just go through these.
1: All right. So our fourth story is uh, comes from Brazil, and it's uh, with a company called Near Bytes, and they've launched a system called NearPay. Um, and so this is uh, secure, location-based payments, but using ultrasound, using sound, right, to, to do this. And we've talked about all sorts of ways, you know, to do payments and. and there was all the something wallets. like this
0: in the subway, wasn't there? Like, you know, by, That's right by sound uh,
1: in China, I believe. China. right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, So we're going to see more and more of these things and we're going to see a lot of sort of experimentation and really these are all solutions that, you know, can serve a market uh, in the short term uh, until we get to, you know, NFC or Magnetics or, you know, iTunes. Or Earth's uh, gravitational pull. You know, or or whatever it is, right, that, you know, becomes the standard. Um, you know Bluetooth low energy potentially as well right uh, we've talked about light uh, as a payment mm-hmm. tool right you know the byte light guys have, have moved into the payment space as well um, you know but this this is ultrasound so basically um, you know um, a payment exchange a tr- traditional mobile payment uh, transaction where the authentication is happening in an ultrasound handoff if you will um, you know secure uh, sound in, in that context and I don't know. I mean, like I said, I think this is a short-term thing. Yes. Um, You know, I think in a market like Brazil, this this can work. Um, I think the one of the interesting things about this is is I don't think it's limited uh, from the way I read this. um, It's um, it's it's all devices. I think it's Android, iOS, and Windows. Yeah, across yeah. all
0: platforms, tablets, and there's
1: an SDK. I think yeah. you can build this into your your own uh, your own app as well. So uh, you know, ubiquitous in that sense. I like that. It's called a near plugin for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah,
0: I, this is a. Uh, it's very interesting, but very short term, right? This is something that's got to take off like mad or be buried as soon as everybody else gets uh, gets settled in in this payments. Like everybody's getting into the payment space. Chuck and I talk about that all the time. It's like there is just so much in the payment space and it is the last piece of like 37 steps that you have to go through in order to get to the payment space so um, you know, I'm not very optimistic about any new entrance in the payment space, especially when we hear rumors of iTunes and Apple getting right into the middle yeah, of this and offering a wallet and, and, you know, and through iTunes and these closed loop payment systems, we always talk about this, is that why do I need ultrasound when I got a finger scan, right? So uh, fingerprint exactly. scan. So, so uh, you know, I, 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 I'm I not very optimistic for these guys. I love that they're doing this and they're seeing an opportunity here, but I, I just don't, I, I might need my words, but I just don't see this working as an interim step between um uh, between NFC or low-energy Bluetooth or whatever it might be, it, there's just not enough time. There's just not enough time for them to get to mass scale. So I'm um, I, I just not optimistic about this, and I'm tired of people coming out with new payment systems. Just like worry about it's not about the technology anymore, guys. It's about the interface and about in allowing us to to uh, I, I don't know to get through the payment process as the last.
1: piece. Yeah, you system. know the only thing that I think could be interesting here uh, is you know we, we obviously we talk a lot about connected car and the potential for Siri and yeah. if. Somehow you can take that sound technology uh, and use it as a authentication for payments via your your car. Um, that could be interesting. And Don't we already have something like that called Shazam? We do, Rob. But you know,
0: I'm just saying, 325 or 350 million yeah. people using that. So yeah. that's a, there was just such a like you're, the odds are stacked against anybody getting into this space, and I don't yes, want to. I, I you don't get that. And I here. agree.
1: And you know, we do have Shazam. There is 350 million people on <laughs> that's a that. Lot. But, but the reality is, is Apple and Google and these guys are going hard for yeah. the car right now. Yeah. Uh, Shazam's not necessarily, nope. um, and so if, if if these guys, you know, were to have some conversations about uh, embedding some stuff and partnering, could be interesting. You never know. I, I do like that it's it's a it's an SDK. It's open and anybody can take this right. So yes. who knows what will come of it. Well,
0: you know what? They say that it can be used and there's interesting usage uh, aside from payments. They say they're talking about electronic keys and vouchers and tickets and website logins. Maybe there's a business there, right? Which is a, you know, when you talk about quadruple authentication uh, around Mm. logging into your website um, or for credit card payments or something like that, uh, up a layer or electronic keys might even be a good way of doing it as well. Um, So a proximity detection to your home and it emits a little, uh, you know, pulse of, uh, so they say that it uses disposable codes, like. Uh, encrypts sound using disposable code so maybe there's a little pulse as you walk close to your door it unlocks your door right whatever it might be so there you go i, I don't think payments is their sweet spot because it's too messed up it's too busy maybe so they should
1: go talk to google nest they should exactly there you <laughs> go yeah. anyhow well a cool story right. so
0: nearbytes.com n-e-a-r-b-y-t-e-s.com go and check them out and uh and there are a thousand other uses other than payments
1: there you go All right. Our next story, our fifth story, comes from our good friends at Banjo, which is B A N dot J O. uh, If you're looking for them, they've released a new version, version 4.0 of their uh, of their app. Uh, You know, and um, you know, I'm always I've been a big Banjo fan for from day one. You know, I still use this service. Uh, Damian Patton, their, uh, their CEO, he and I are actually doing a uh, joint session at South by Southwest this year, so I'm excited about that and, and, and obviously the, the new stuff, the new direction that they're going in here. So the key difference here between the, the previous version and this new uh, 4.0 is the way they curate content. So it used to be in the old banjo, basically you could track individual users and, and, and what they were doing and, and sort of you know, friends near you kind of stuff, you know, sort of like Foursquare in that sense. Uh, they don't do that anymore. Now this is all about, you know, basically listening in, you know, or the curation of content based on an event. So you want to know what's happening at the uh, Winter Olympics, and you're not there in Sochi right now. This you can do it through Banjo. You want to know what's happening, you know, you know, at the in uh, South Africa
0: at, watching Bruce Springsteen.
1: Absolutely, so. Rob. I mean, Rob can be at the concert virtually via Banjo. Right. So this is kind of what it's all about. And I love this idea. There are a few other people going after this kind of as a concept. But for me, this is strong. Right. I mean, like, take tonight. You know, tonight is the Grammys. Robin and I are, are recording this. You know, neither of us obviously can be there. You know, um, and, and I guess
0: my invitation was lost in the mail. Yeah. You know,
1: head. But the idea that we can we can pull up a you know uh, you know a whole column of content if you will that's streaming live to us with people taking photos there on site and all that coming in, in you know into one place based on the event is for me interesting and, and I think valuable and I think brands you know could, could benefit from this significantly. Especially think about brands who are doing sponsorship you know of events and, and they want to understand you know how their brand is being seen by others and all that kind of stuff. There's huge value here. So. You know, kudos to these guys for uh, recognizing, you know, the the opportunity and and, and sort of the the use case uh, that, that that their users have been engaging with. And these guys have grown nicely. They're about six million users, I, n- I understand now in terms of uh, downloads. Um, you know, and uh, with an average uh, time of about four minutes per session. So, you know, I like nice Damien. little nice little activity there.
0: I've always liked this company. It's like the little company that could, and I think that it's uh, it has a lot to do with you know Damon's per- Damien's personality as well. And you know, I was so surprised. Uh, maybe sometime in the fall, I can't remember when it was. I was watching Good Morning America. It was Good Morning America. Um, NBC, anyways, and they had it featured there. Uh, it was during the Macy's Day Parade uh, in New York City. So they had it. They had this. Uh, they had. Yep. They were using banjo to to kind of showcase what was going on around in real time because it brings in all these feeds. And I thought that's, that's really cool. I mean, I. Um, I always root for these guys. Now I don't use the app every day, um, and you know there are competitors. And we've talked to uh, Tony Longo from Co Everywhere, yep. who I think is you know is a unique interface where you can draw a map around uh, you know a circle around that's where right. you're interested in. I you know I, I um I, I do like this technology. I'm going to give uh, Banjo another go and uh, and have at her, especially around a Bruce Springsteen tour. I think that's the key thing. And I
1: think around so.
0: Canada in the Olympics, which is this is the new uniform until the Olympics is over, folks. Not even going to wash it. <laughs> we're in every single
1: day all right so i don't goes. know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna be uh i think for about half the olympics I'm gonna be in uh in australia so that's okay i have to figure out my uh you know what i'm gonna do there you're you're ahead of
0: us you'll let us know how we do yeah exactly t- whatever oh that's a terrible joke banjo b-a-n dot j-o version 4.0 <laughs> all available for the two major platforms in your life which is android and ios so please go and support damien yeah. All right, Rob. All right, our sixth story. Uh, this is um, Rico. I suppose that's how you say it. Rico. Rico launched something called Clickable Paper, and I, I just got to stop it right there because um, I uh, downloaded the application, Clickable Paper, and you can do that through the app stores, and uh, tried to find scan something as simple as this little magazine over here, which is ubiquitous in Canada, called Canadian Business Magazine see that roughly if you're listening that's actual paper it's actually a magazine I never read it but I always subscribe to it and I uh, didn't recognize it. The idea here is that it's, uh, it is an image recognition software that you, that you take a photo of, uh, uh, you know, whatever, a cover of a book or a magazine or anything like that, and it goes out and, and finds it, scours the internet for you, and gives you a list of where you can find it. So uh, some examples that I've seen online are, you know, you scan a magazine, and then you can go to the Barnes & Noble website, or you can go to the actual website, or you can go to a video augmented uh, content. And then I thought, wow, that sounds very familiar. Wow, let me just do a little. No, I don't even have to do any research because there's this company out there called Layer, L-A-Y-A-R, that has been doing mm-hmm. this for a freaking long time, way longer than these guys have, and uh, they were revolutionary. And they've got an SDK and they've got an API, yep. and you can it's rarely easy to publish content for image recognition. I thought uh well they ripped it off and then i said well they, you know that's probably the only company No, oh, no 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 in fact we've covered another company about 15 months ago on this very show episode number 105 company calls was called is called netpage and at that time they did this esquire magazine um and they did the they they did this entire esquire magazine which was image recognition where you just basically held your phone over the with the net with the netpage app over the over the uh uh, any of the images and you know videos popped out and interactive images and maps and then uh there was an entire store on there and and that was from uh november of 2012 that we talked about this so clickable paper revolutionary first company no way jose this is not revolutionary it's something that is just so so and and then I downloaded it. The experience was terrible. Nothing worked. I couldn't scan anything. And then I realized that people have to put it in in order to be able to scan it. So uh, again, tough, tough, tough. Great technology, but Layer and NetPage do an awesome job of it already.
1: They do. Um, You know, and I I completely agree with you. You know, and I just, I have a tough time, okay, Uh, (laughs) with companies like Ricoh and Kodak and all these old school camera companies that, uh, you know, that think they can, you know, find their way in the new world of digital and social and mobile and, and location, um, you know, by by simply, you know, because they have a big brand name, they think they can just copy something and push it out there and, and, and their, their brand weight will carry it. This is going to go nowhere. Um, you know, this is not like, you know, the next Instagram or anything. This is nothing. This is, you know, it's... <laughs> yeah, I mean, like like what, cumbersome. what what channel are they gonna go and use to kind of get this into market, right? Who I mean Rico is is like nobody talks about Rico. Nobody no. no. I mean, when's the last time you heard that name? Well, I thought I thought we were talking about
0: the uh, throat lozenges. Ricola. Yeah, you know, so that's right. Yeah, not even in the vernacular. Not even, right. not even. Nobody uh, in talks about these no. guys, right?
1: No. It's almost like you know our friends oh, that we talked about uh, maybe a month ago, like over at Texas Instruments. Nobody Who? talks about these guys. Who? The difference is Texas Instruments people have patents. Yes, everywhere. everywhere. They don't. They half don't the infringe is, on patents. Half the world is patented by TI somewhere, yeah. right? These guys, you know, I, I don't know. It's just. Uh, enough said it's sad it's sad enough we're said. done we're done let's go yeah. on to the next one well, no, it's like, really exciting
0: here in fact if you if you want a great example of this go to layer.com l-a-y-a-r.com or go to netpage.com and forget we even mentioned rico
1: story six slam i'm slamming the door and we're doing this right now all anyway. right so. slam done story 7 our 7th story cuz we didn't have a guest so we have 7, seven stories 7 stories this is wicked uh comes to us from our, my good friends at Crowd Optic John Fisher and his whole team over there so full disclosure first of all before i get into this and start you know giving you it you play full with applause. the Sacramento Kings huh you play with the Sacramento Kings is that what you no, to say? no i have not played with Sacramento oh. Kings but i but i am a shareholder in Crowd Optic so oh, i okay. I, sh- I should say that okay. um before I, before i get into this but um so, CrowdOptic, these are the guys that, you know, here at the LBMA, we, we partnered with them um, and L'Oreal to do this this great project back in the summer. You'll remember showing we created this heat map that looked like, you know, the Lancome Rose and all that kind of stuff. So, that same AR technology, that sort of next-gen AR technology that was kind of looking at the focal point of where a device was pointed, has been now taken and applied to sports and this is kind of where crowd optics focused right now so they did uh, about two months ago they did a, uh, a project with Stanford's basketball team and they had some of the players wear you know Google Glass uh, with crowd optic technology you know built into that and 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 they had a few other people around you know sort of doing this um, And what happens is, is basically instead of it being a single uh, view, a single person wearing Google Glass and kind of looking at that content, what you're talking about here is multiple people wearing Google Glass, you know, and you're taking all of that and kind of crowdsourcing it all together, if you will, and then driving that content out into a Google Hangout, okay, for others to watch. So it's not only you wearing the Google Glass can see what you see, but other people, you know, you know, on the internet via Google Hangout can now see what everybody else sees. And it's and it's multiple views all sort of put together, if you will. And based on the success of what they did at Stanford, the Sacramento Kings decided: hey, we want to do this. We want to change the way fans experience what's happening on the court. And so Rob's got the video there and you and you'll see it, you'll see this but basically during the warm up they have a, f- a few players wearing these things and you can actually see from the player's perspective what's going on and then during the actual game they've got people around sort of at court level like you know the announcers and the cheerleaders and the mascot and all these people wearing Google Glass and you're getting that sort of first hand content you know from you know that perspective that you can't get from sort of camera angles that, you know, the the broadcasters would normally have. And ESPN and people like this are super interested in this as, a, as sort of a generalist view that, you know, fans are going to get excited about, you know, a new way to sort of embrace the game, you know, in a new way to kind of have, you know, a different uh, level of, of kind of camera content, if you will, than you can have with any other sort of traditional camera. Wicked am i excited about that i think so
0: oh you know what i i um i i have a hard time finding a place for google glass i have a hard time with it because i'm not going to wear it it's ridiculous and you know what we've talked about that so many times yeah but just like i don't know if i'm slow which probably it's true you know and i just don't know it um but when i saw this story it's like hey wait a second it our face play game they watch me watch from there and i freaked out yeah. right like if i could if i could be in the game and i'm not a super uber fan right but if i could be that the, the best things you know the best sports shows i've ever seen are the behind the scenes one like the yank or not the yankees the uh the maple Leafs, uh detroit red wings right they, they did leading up to this uh this outdoor yeah. game and uh, so i love that stuff way more and if i could if i could get a vantage point if i could choose the player that's on the court on the field on the ice that i want to see the game through their eyes just by picking on a device i'd be in, like in the stands i could like i yeah. want to see sydney crosby right here doing this right because he's got the glass on that would be that is the ultimate in immersive sporting entertainment it would be the greatest thing Ever like can you imagine standing there like with Google Glass um, and tapping into Derek Jeter as he's at the plate in Yankee Stadium oh, I know. And, and he's you looking know, or,
1: or be- better yet, Rob, oh. I mean, I mean that that would be unbelievable. But think about like even like you know the umpires, right? Like, yeah. like like the base umpires, like those those guys who are making the call split second on you know is the guy safe on stealing the base Weaked. or not? At, at, you know it's second, Weaked. and then you can actually see what the umpire saw or didn't see right just um you know before you start getting all mad that he made the wrong call right like all that kind of stuff like is, is is you know for me like there's huge implications to this so i love this you know and the sacramental kings you know full credit to these guys i mean you know the the first to do this uh and and they're the first to do so many things that, like they they accept bitcoin yeah it's crazy okay like it's insane i mean these guys are just like they're they're willing to take risks they're willing to yeah, they the know down.
0: they know that their fans are drug dealers is that what that means Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? It's like, it's like a little cash or Bitcoin. I, I am fascinated by this. I know it won't happen for a long time, but I, I there will be a day where there will be a device on every single pro athlete that is playing tennis matches, golfers, football players, hockey players, baseball players. It doesn't matter. And the guys at Willow Tree Apps, we met, we, I mean, did an interview yes. with... Uh, with Blake, and we saw them uh, down in Washington. and uh, But they did something with the Brooklyn Nets and, and uh, the Barclays Center, and it's a very connected space. And they have, instead of, you know, the traditional six camera angles on the television, they have ten when you're in the stadium. And can you imagine the value that you would create by just doing that, uh, by just adding these little cameras, even if it's the refs and the announcers for now and the cheerleaders. But at some point, it's going to be every player, and that is going to be the greatest, most amazing, amazing Sports experience. I can't, like, I
1: cannot wait. Yeah, for no, that. I can't wait either. I think, I think it's, it's and then it's, it's gonna be like, awesome. you get, they'll
0: have a little headphone where you can, you know, you, you can, you know, send the messages. It's like, hey, like, a Rod, you bomb. You know, that'd be the greatest thing, right? <laughs> anyway, one step at a time. All right. Sacramento Kings, wicked awesome, wicked, amazing, amazing, amazing. All right, so those are uh, seven stories and our mobile minute and, of course, our resource of the week, which is Sports Chaser. Last thing to do before we get done and get back to the Grammys.
1: We have a, little, a fun resource this week. Yeah, it's really fun. Um, it's quick, you know, which so, is great. So, so no, no new research studies, no new case studies. We have uh, a, a nice little, what can I call this, a Comic. comic. A comic. That's the best way to put it a comic put together by a group called referral candy and it's called how smart context aware and location sensitive marketing could look like um, and I don't even know how to describe this like it just kind of goes through this little flow um, you, you just got to see it right so uh, we'll have this up on the LbMA website under the research uh, page uh, Rob will have the link up on the uh, the untether site so just Go find this thing on one of those two sites and just take a look at this. It's just fun. Um, you know a fun perspective on you know what location sharing might be all about.
0: yeah Ter- terrifying if it actually happens that way.
1: Yes, yeah.
0: and this is the abuse of the hashtag right and, and so yeah, yeah anyways, if you're watching this video you will have seen this and that's another reason to watch this every once in a while, not just because it's a si and I. And you get to see our faces and our you yeah. know, our animated faces, but you get to see these uh, graphics. If not, go to the lbma.com slash research or go to untether.tv. This is episode 166, and you will find a link to it there. You can probably download it also. Very cool. Yes. How smart, awesome. context-aware, and location-sensitive marketing could look like all right that is that is the episode 166 done um big events this week in atlanta and toronto for the lbma if you are in either of those cities or traveling to either of those cities please go out and support the lbma and go to to go uh, to one of the events and of course you can go to retail loco that's Retaillo.co to register for the event at south by southwest and if you go to dx3canada.com if you're going to be in toronto on march 5th i'd love to see you come on out and heckle me from the audience it would be the greatest thing ever please heckle me interrupt me all you want ask as many questions as you want that's what i'm there for so uh, those are the key events anything else to say asif
1: i'm good i'm you know I, some interesting stories this week Loved uh, it. and as they always are really and uh, You know, excited about our events this week. So, yeah, please come out uh, and support. And, by the way, there's a full list of events on the LBMA site. There's lots of stuff going on in Europe, if you're listening to this in Europe. Uh, Mobile World Congress is coming up um, in in Barcelona. And uh, Dan Hodges from the LBMA's New York chapter will be speaking there on our behalf. So go out and, and, and check that out. Um, you know there's events in, in, in Germany um, happening in the next uh, few weeks as well. So lots going on. Um, you know plenty plenty of stuff going on and, and, and lots planned for this year too. So you know if you're not on board yet, get on board um, and you know subscribe to this thing um, in iTunes and uh, give us don't forget that five star rating. We don't want
0: ever that. forget those ratings. All right. Yeah. Well once you've done that, we will be back next week for episode number 167. Please do join us. And until then, a safe safe travels and we'll see you guys next week. Later. Cheers. Springsteen gets the last word. <laughs>